1: Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
0: Yes, yes, dig in, Jackson. It's Balloon Party, but it's Cardinal Talk, and I don't care about Mike Budenholzer.
2: I guess I'll just throw those takes into my
0: pillow this afternoon and I'll just scream them. That pillow is very busy, especially after this past weekend in Tennessee. I, know you're I cut you off. I just did because I'm so angry. I know,
2: I can tell. Steam's coming out of your ears. The headphones are about to
0: incinerate. Well, that's because they're frustrated by the left side of my skull. Understandable. Matt Rocchio said they got 48 mic drops on opening drive today. It doesn't surprise me. Banty roosters. a yeah. lot of them. Yeah, it's warranted. Uh, we got Linworthy, post-dispatch baseball writer. We haven't had him on the program yet. We've been trying to get him on the program, but we haven't had him on. I'm anxious to talk it over with him.
2: Absolutely. Them. Looking forward to it. Uh,
0: I've never met him. The only way really I can meet people is if they come to my basement. Right. And that's- or or some kind of golf practice facility. And even then I'll have AirPods in and I'll act like I can't hear you, even though I'm not listening to anything.
2: Maybe a local pizza shop on a Friday.
0: Oh yeah, Pizza Go-Go. Yeah. Cash only. So uh, here's what we got going on. We got two big topics today. The team keeps losing. Alec Burleson is treating Lars Newtbar like he's a, a slot receiver.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and you got the Jordan Walker thing. And that's just going to fill the show. And that is why, on a normal day... I'd let you go on Budenholzer and the Bucks Because I think you told the people to bet the Bucks. I think you oh, told yeah, the people. Oh, yeah, I
2: did. I did.
0: Yeah. But I can't do it today. We'll save it for tomorrow. Yes. So you're going to get to dodge that. Uh, you're welcome to text in 314-399-9646. We welcome uh, Chairman Steve from Wildwood's mic drop, although he did call into TMA, and I don't know if he's got another one left in him after that call into <laughs> TMA today at about 8 o'clock. So, Jackson, what you t- even though we won't talk Budenholzer... I will let you determine the lead and then I'm going to get out at in 8 minutes. I really am because Lynn Worthy's these are 10:15 and I'm going to I'm going to stick to that.
2: All right. Uh, I think the lead is probably I mean it's such a hybrid because it's a combination of the way the Cardinals were playing yeah, it's including Walker last the night. game.
0: It's Walker the game. We can't let you hit a hybrid. You're going iron, you're going driver. Well, how are we going to attack this hole? Well, then Walker, that's the bigger that's picture. That's the right call. You've yeah. made the right call. Yeah, that's Walker. So Matt Rocky was telling me that Michael Gersh appeared on BK and Ferrari on opening day and said the following let us hear
3: it was a complicated little puzzle to put together but at the end of the day he's just he's ready he, he physically mentally maturity wise he's 20 years old uh, on the calendar but that's like the only place he has yeah. like, a 20 year old we're, we're taking a risk we're taking a 20 year old kid from double straight to the big leagues right there, there's clearly that's there's some risk there and knowing that we are all 100 percent comfortable that he's going to be fine if he goes you know oh for the first weekend or over whatever, or if he struggles a little bit out of the gate or or if he starts out great and then goes through a slump in May or whatever. like he's just he is much more mature than your average 20 year old.
0: All right, there it is. It's Michael Gersh. so that that would be presented in a court hearing and would be damaging to the defense. Yeah, very much so Now. I might be zigging when most people are zagging today. I'm not Colin coward your ass. <laughs> I'm pro-zag. I honestly understand the move. That doesn't mean I'm... I go case by case, and I don't just automatically critique or support if they're winning, critique if they're losing, which, you know, is understandable. It's probably, you know, you're swimming with the the stream but I understand the move considering a couple of sets of circumstances however I would say what we just played from Michael Gersh four weeks ago would not necessarily be something that would indicate that this was really well thought out here is why I understand demoting Jordan Walker to triple-a he is not hitting the ball the way he was hitting the ball for the first half of spring training he's not and he also is ranked as the worst defensive outfielder in baseball. These are these are two facts. Now, I understand fans going this team's a mess and you risk psychologically damaging perhaps your most valuable asset. It might be strange to say considering you have the 2022 MVP on the roster, you have the at some point potential MVP and Nolan Arenado on the other side of the infield on the roster, but I'm talking about You know, if you if you take it through the prism of of buying stock or a business, if you're looking at a long play, Jordan Walker would certainly be the longer play over a thirty-five year old Paul Goldschmidt or a thirty-two year old Nolan Arenado. So with all of that said, are you risking damaging the psyche of Jordan Walker with this move? Especially when not only Michael Gersh, which you heard there from BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESP on an opening day, but also you may recall one of the reasons why Ali Marmol was so bullish on him was because of his attitude while he experienced a slump in the second half of spring training. So what does this say if now you are bailing on that? I understand that. He isn't hitting the ball properly and... And he is a liability defensively. And then I'll add letter C here to my outline for you, Jackson. And letter C is, I don't know who's in the outfield. And and perhaps there is some frustration amongst any of or multiple of O'Neill, Carlson, Burleson, although I don't know what he could be frustrated about, and Newt Barr that You don't know which position you're in, and if you're playing each night, and you're trotting a guy out there who everybody, especially if you play the game, you know he's having problems defensively. Keep in mind, he was a third baseman nine months ago, and then secondarily is also hitting ground balls, and that's not what he's in there for. He's in there to rake, and he is hitting ground balls. He's not hitting right for whatever reason, so let him go down to Memphis and get that right. The analytic you have to quantify when making that decision is, are we going to get more out of him by doing that in the long haul, and then secondarily, what is the risk to his psyche? I personally, in a vacuum, go, you got the job. Here is where it is, and it doesn't matter what the situation is. The situation with the Cardinals, though, is they're 9-15 and 15 and they're not 15-9, and 9. and this thing is now tracking into an area of getting dangerous. I still think that they will be all right, but I don't know if I'm now just thinking that based on history and not based on reality. But the Cardinals need to have three guys in the outfield on a regular basis. And what I thought last night after Walker got sent down was okay. Well, now you're going to see Newt Bar O'Neill and Carlson out there. And then the next thing I know, there's Alec Burleson, you know, lining up Lars Newt Bar. To, to tackle him over the middle, and Newt Barr drops the ball. I just don't understand. I don't know I don't know what happened here with the Alec Burleson thing. And he might wind up being great. I just don't know why he continues to be the guy and take your pick of whichever other is, is battling for playing time. With that all said, the Walker move is something that I actually understand if and only if the Cardinals feel like psychologically he's strong enough to handle it. So, that's where I am. What did you think of it when the move was announced?
2: I I totally get where you're coming from, and oh, I oh you disagree. This is going to be good. I do disagree because I think that Walker you're going to have the
0: people on your side, so this could be good for you.
2: Yeah, but the, remember Budenholzer. Um, that his upside is just so unbelievably high, and I get the defensive thing because I've brought that point up too. That he's just not. But is he is Al, When I watch Alec Burleson, I don't think like boy, there's a really good defender. He made a nice play there tonight against the wall, but probably a play that should have been a lot more routine than he made it to be in left field uh, two nights ago. And, of course, we saw what happened with him in Newt Bar last night. I just don't think – and he might be – he's hitting the ball better right now than Walker is, but I think the upside on Walker is so strong. He started off red hot. Well, he was had a hitting streak. It wasn't like he was hitting for power.
0: Two home runs is what he hit.
2: Yeah. So, but I just think his upside is so much higher. I think it really – I don't know. If you're trying to really mix and fuse in some energy into this team – a young, potential superstar is exactly what you want and sending him down to AAA, I don't know. If it was, I, I just don't understand. If it was for Juan Yepes, maybe I'd understand a little bit more, but for Modder, I just don't Well, know.
0: The, the reason on that, because I understand that's a popular uh, point of contention on who they called up and didn't even call up. Modder was DFA'd. Right. Was out of a job right. and now has a better deal than he did when he got DFA'd. This <laughs> is wonderful. Good
2: day for Taylor Modder. Uh,
0: so th- the thought process behind that I would imagine is whoever they brought in to replace Walker's spot is really not going to play. You're going to have apparently a four man rotation in the outfield. And so they don't want to call up your Pez to sit on the bench. So they, I think that would be the reasoning on that. That's fair.
2: I, I, and I get that. And I okay. get that you don't want to have just Walker sitting on the bench. My answer to that is then play him over Burleson. Like even if he's not doing exactly what you want, the reason you brought him up for opening day is because you believe that he could, and
0: that's that's the, the one thing. Now, granted, it was last night's game, you know, right? Maybe that was. Maybe we'll see something different. Again. And I recognize it's not like I'm pointing to an outfielder and go, "Hey, this guy's obviously raking." They're all struggling, right? Um, but I would have thought that it'd go, "Okay, we're just going to give O'Neill, Carlson, and Newtbar." The run of things here for a while and see what winds up happening. And Burleson can come off the bench if that's the case, especially if you're factoring in defense. So that part last night surprised me in a move that I understand. I'm certainly not as a Cardinal fan and a talk show host and a podcast host. It's not something I was expecting or wanting to see this time last month. But I understand the reasoning considering his defensive performance, considering he is not hitting the ball the way that you would expect him to, and you can look at the first half of spring training and see it. He was probably the MVP of the Grapefruit League in the first half of spring training before he slid into the second base awkwardly against the Astros in uh, West Palm, and then and then in addition, the fact that the team is is 9-15. and 15. So I get it from that standpoint, but then I would think they wouldn't necessarily go with the outfield that they went with last night. Maybe last night was a one-off. Your thoughts are welcome. People are already texting in, as you would imagine, 314-399- 9646. We'll talk it over with Lynn Worthy of the Post-Dispatch. Post-ball, Post-Dispatch Post baseball writer Lynn Worthy will join us next. This will be the focal point of the next hour of this broadcast. It is Balloon Party, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota on 101 East
1: we we'll are right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
0: Welcome back. This is Balloon Party, driven by Mugan S, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. My name is Tim McKernan, standing over there, sitting over there. I'm sitting. Yeah, I'm standing. And really, height-wise, we're, we're even looking <laughs> each other in blocking the eye. eyes. God bless America. What a mess. I think I got a growth spurt coming. Yeah, I think so. I got some leg cramping overnight, and I feel like that's a spurt. That's a good positive outlook. It is our pleasure to welcome to the program first appearance on the show. First chance to talk with Lynn Worthy, new baseball writer with the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. You can read his work at stltoday.com as well. Lynn, good morning.
3: Good morning. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for joining us. I want to get your opinion right away when you saw that Jordan Walker had been sent down yesterday. What were you thinking?
3: Oh, I was I was a little surprised uh, particularly about the timing because it sounded like um, you know folks were expecting that he might get back in the lineup yesterday yeah. and try to um, show some of the stuff he'd been working on recently like they talk about you know him trying to make some adjustments uh, having a work day um, working on sort of some swing pass stuff trying to get the ball lifted a little bit um, so I thought he'd probably be back in the lineup and we'd see where he was at with that um in the bigger scheme i guess i'm not totally shocked just in that you know there was that log jam in the outfield um i think uh john mozalock had mentioned that pre- the day earlier on valley sports that you know there's probably going to be something that gave a little more consistency to that lineup coming you know fairly soon so and when you put that put it in that context it's like all right well i guess this kind of makes sense because they're gonna have to figure out something with the outfield mix
0: yeah, Lynn, I'm curious what you think has gone on with uh, Jordan Walker's performance here in this first month in the season, because he certainly got himself some base hits. But if you compare and contrast it to what we saw in Jupiter and the surrounding areas in the first half of spring training, um, he, was, he was hitting the ball more like Nolan Gorman has been hitting the ball in the first month of the regular season. And here with the Cardinals, he does have two home runs, but it has been a lot of Base hits and a lot of balls on the ground. Any uh, thought as to what has contributed to that? Is it is, is is there perhaps some kind of injury? Is it the pitchers catching on to him and then making adjustments and he hasn't been able to adjust? What are your what are your theories on that?
3: I don't. And as far as I know, there's no injury. I mean, I don't, I don't believe there's any. Not that I remember uh seen any signs of nothing that was alluded to, nothing that you could see visibly. Um I think it's really more of the adjustments that, you know, pitchers have made to him and him having to make the adjustments. I mean, you use the example of Nolan Gorman. Well, we know how Nolan Gorman started off this season, but we also know some of the growing pains he went through last season and he had to make that adjustment. He had to do it, you know, over and off season. He's not the only one. I mean you see this with a lot of young guys come up um, I think we even thought somewhat, you know, and spring training is a, a weird thing, but I mean, there were a few weeks in spring training where we were watching, you know, uh, Jordan Walker and, and, you know, seeing the top prospect and seeing how he's doing in some of these live A-Bs and things like that before game started. And we were saying, ooh, this is looking kind of rough. And then mm-hmm. obviously he made some adjustments and, you know, then the game started and lights came on, uh, so to speak, in spring training. And, um, you know, he obviously performed very well. Uh, so I think it's more of the adjustment thing. I don't think it's, you know, anything behind the scenes going on, at least not that uh, we have any indication of.
0: Lynn Worthy, uh, baseball writer for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, our guest here on Balloon Party 101 ESPN. One of the things that people have wondered is why Taylor Mott are back with the organization as opposed to Juan Yipez. My theory on that is whoever they brought in, they is most likely not going to get much playing time because they want to go to this four-person rotation in the outfield and want Yipez to continue to get playing time at memphis that is my theory any thoughts on moderate Yepes, or anybody else who would have possibly been in the mix with walker going down
3: uh i think it, it, i wasn't totally surprised by that i thought um you know the playing time thing was the first thing came, that came to mind was that um if you bring you know somebody like Yepes up and he's only getting um limited time then it's you know what did you really bring him up for could yeah. he maybe benefit more from the at bats at triple a Um, Marder, I think, also is just gives you a little more flexibility because he can play the middle infield, he can play the corners, he can, um, he can play multiple spots. I mean, I think they, well, I know earlier in the season they even had him, you know, um, catching some bullpens just in case of an emergency. So I think his flexibility and the fact that he's going to be probably seeing limited time, um, made him probably more of the, the choice at this point. Yeah, and uh, that was where I was coming from as well. It's
0: just one of those things. I think what happens is when you have a team performing at the level that the Cardinals are through the first 25 games, and then you have the prize prospect go down uh, to the minors, it, 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 there's just frustration all over the place. It's totally understandable. It's absolutely natural. It would be any fan base feeling this way. I think some people going into the season, Lynn, thought that the Cardinals could be a championship team, but I think more people thought that this would be a team with wins in the mid, maybe upper 80s, and then would have to to get fortunate against some of the top tiers in the National League in order to run deep. But I don't think anybody saw this coming. So now that we have a month into the season and 25 games under our belts, what has stood out to you? that has played a role in this team off to a start that has them relegated to the basement in the National League Central?
3: I guess in um, in a broad sense, it's just the inconsistency. I mean, like if there was one thing that jumped out, then in theory it would be easier to fix or easier to address or at least easier to sort of hone in on. But from night to night, it's different things. I mean, like you know, they I mean, if you look at their, you know, um, pitching staff, and you say their ERA, I think is down uh, team ERA is something like twenty second. Starters is twenty fourth. But then you look at this series, and you say the starting pitching. You know, you had. Um, I think Montgomery gave up one unearned run and a loss. Um, you had a decent start from uh, uh, Woodford the other day. Um, you. You would probably want more length, but he he puts it into the sixth, only gives up a couple of runs. He still have a chance to win that game up until you know two strikes in the in the ninth inning. Um, and even yesterday, you want more out of mats than that. You want more length. I mean, you know, he gives up two runs, which isn't terrible, but you definitely want a longer outing than that. Right. Um, but the starting pitching didn't lose you those you know those three games in the series so far. Um, and then there's certain days where you know the starting pitching's been rough. I mean, we saw it earlier in the season. Um, and then there's times where you know defense has let you down. And part of it, that was part of the equation last night, whether it's that you know that ball that um, you know Burleson and and, and Newpar sort of converge on, and and then Newpar not able to uh, haul it in. Um, so I think and we I think we all documented earlier in the season, you know, their inability to sort of deliver the big hit at certain times with runners in scoring position. So there was one thing. I think it would maybe be, it wouldn't. I don't think it would make anybody feel any better as far as fans. But I think then it would be okay. You know what the issue is. Everybody would sort of hone in on that. Yeah. But the fact that it's different things on different nights, I think, only makes it more frustrating. Yeah, for everybody.
0: I, I, I couldn't agree with you more about that. That's the thing. Even if you do get a good outing, and you were talking about the Montgomery outing. The offense isn't there or the defense isn't there, which has been the case throughout the San Francisco series. Each game has had one of these plays where you go, oh, my goodness. Uh, that's the thing that makes me wonder what can be done and how good the team really is. I recognize the record is 9-16, and 16, and that is a big problem. But there is talent on the roster that would make one think that this has got to be the worst 25-game stretch of the season. I would have to think that. With that said, it is still super early from a making a move with another organization standpoint. Uh, have you gotten any sense of any appetite to make a, a substantial acquisition or anything that they would do outside of the inevitable return of of Adam Wainwright? Lynn?
3: I, I don't think so, especially not this early. I mean, yeah. I think the par- the problem is that this early in the season, teams still are you know, there's no motivation to make that move this early. Um, you're you're less than 30 games into the season. Um, you're not going to, you know, give up something of, you know what I mean? The moves you see early in the season is usually, you know, guys who are, you know, DFA'd or guys who are going to be sent to the minors or guys who are going to be released and you're trying to get something for them or you're swapping guys that are, you know, um, sort of on the outs on, on both sides. You're not getting significant guys back, guys that are going to make differences for your rotation, your bullpen, your lineup. Not usually this early in the season, I mean, I think um, I mean even May is still kind of sort of early. I mean end of May, June, you start to see some of that as teams start to t- take a you know get ahead of the the trade deadline and um, the market starts to form, but this early in the season, um I think you're more apt to see teams you know go with uh you know um, different options that they have on their internal uh internal options or on their their minor league system or things like that as opposed to giving up something. Um, that might help them down the line off of what they've only seen through, you know, 30 days worth of baseball.
0: Lynn Worthy, St. Louis Post-Dispatch, online at stltoday.com. Lynn, thank you so much for joining the show. Enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for having me. There he is. Lynn Worthy Excellent. with us here on Balloon Party, driven by Mung and ask St. Louis Acura and all in Toyota. Your thoughts are welcome, 314 3999 9646 Or you can use the 101 ESPN app to leave a mic drop and give your thoughts on the state of things. When I say I expect this to be, and I really do, the worst 25 game stretch. So you got games 1 through 25, 26 through 50, right. 51 through 75, and so on and so forth. I can't imagine that they would have another stretch where they're seven games under 500. It right. would really surprise me. Right. But then at the same time, you know, I can't help but take myself back to Novemberish, Decemberish with the Blues. I know I've used this analogy, but it's really because, you know, I've been doing shows in St. Louis for, for two-plus decades. I haven't seen a year... In which both teams had expectations. And so that's why I take 2007 out of the mix. The Blues were in a different position at that time, and the Cardinals dealt with injuries real early in that season, where both teams had high expectations and both really disappointed. That's different than, say, like Spagnolo's Rams or you know, something like right, that, or right. Kim Anderson's Missouri Tigers. So it's a, it's a different kind of set of circumstances here where both teams didn't necessarily, in my opinion, and I, and I think most of the fan base felt this way, it's not like Blues fans are like, this is Stanley Cup year, or Cardinals are like, this is a world championship year. I think in both cases, more people than not expect the playoffs, but not necessarily deep runs. But either way, to have what happened at the outset of the Blues season, and to have what's happened at the outset of the Cardinal season, surprising. The Cardinal one, I would say, is even more surprising And it it goes back to something that Lynn said, and that is you can't really pinpoint one issue. Right. There are so many issues, but still there is talent there. Or at least on paper, you feel like, I feel like there is, so then you go, what is the problem? Your thoughts are welcome. 314-399-9646. We'll read your text. We were getting a lot of them this morning. Mike Drops, 101 ESPN app. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you. Cardinal Discussion here on Balloon Party, driven by Munganas, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. 101 ESPN.
1: we are right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
0: Welcome back. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganas, St. Louis Acura, Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you on 101 ESPN. Jackson, uh, you stop stopped censoring the mic drops. We have mic drops.
2: Yeah, we do. Yeah, I've, I've decided to lift my policy on
0: that. All right. Well, the people are frustrated. Let's hear from the people. 101 ESPN app. Use uh, the mic drop feature. Here you go.
1: What in the hell are the Cardinals doing? Pardon my French. The Cardinals have this unbelievable talent just ready to explode. And I think he was almost out of it. Almost out of it. If you look at his last few games that he played, Jordan Walker over the last seven games was absolutely awesome there to the play. Yeah, is he a little lack, lackadaisical in the outfield? Yeah. Will he adjust and get better? Absolutely. Is he an athlete? 100%. Do we have the best outfield playing for us right now? Absolutely not. Carlson, hands down, needs to be in center. Tyler O'Neill needs to be in left. And Jordan Walker needs to be in right.
0: There it is. Uh, Jackson, uh, talking about Jordan Walker. Jordan Walker, in the Cardinals' last seven games, actually only had uh, six at-bats, and that was one of the problems. He was two for six with a double in those at-bats, had a base hit in an RBI against the uh, Mariners. In, as the Cardinals got to them early on on Sunday, but he just wasn't getting playing time as the Cardinals had set him aside to work on some, some of his swing angle in the cage, and then after doing that, then they decided to send him down. Uh, do we have another one? We do, We Tim. do, okay.
1: You have to send down Walker. He was struggling at the plate and needs a lot of work as an outfielder you don't want him to go deeper, deeper into the abyss in the major leagues. Let him go down there and straighten things out. Again, uh, he had a really good year in Double A last year, and O'Neill hit 30 home runs one year. So you got to go with O'Neill
0: and other players with defensive uh, abilities, and let Walker work out some of these issues before he crashes completely. There it is. So we have con- we have. Contrasting views on the Jordan Walker decision.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I thought people would be somewhat split on it. I mean, oh, I,
0: most. I think most people are not happy.
2: Well, I think when they saw the news come across yesterday afternoon, they were like, uh, I was
0: surprised by it.
2: I thought it was like a. Tr- I thought it was like a fake tweet. Like I thought that that was just
0: going around. You're not on the Cardinal text list.
2: Well, <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, but um, uh, it was. Cr- it would actually make more sense to me personally to send Carlson down. Other- as opposed to Walker. I think Carlson would probably do better with a AAA stint than Walker. The
0: pauses in between your words convey a lack of confidence in the opinion you're sharing with our audience.
2: Well, I try to use... I I like using words that have some real dynamic meanings, and I couldn't think of one there. Right. Which sometimes happens, you know. That's just kind of the nature of the beast. But but
0: do you believe what you're saying? Are you lying to our audience?
2: No, 100%. I think I would have... If, if it comes across the, the desk that Carlson is being sent down and Meyer's coming back up, then I think no one reacts. I think they're like, well, this is probably best for him. I think you got this crazy reaction because you're sending down top prospect, the guy you brought up for this
0: exact reason. So I, I, I gave my opinion at the outset of the program. For those of you just joining us, welcome to the show. And I would tell you this. My reasoning is... I Get what they're saying now if you just look straight at his numbers you go He's not hitting terribly But he isn't hitting the ball the way that Jordan Walker is hit to get to the point that he's at the major leagues at the age of 20 So if you want him to work on something then you got to work on it where the game's outcomes don't matter Furthermore you also have his defensive liability issues to revisit that point that I made at the outset of the show He is ranked as the worst defender in the major leagues right now in the outfield and then finally I don't like to call it a log jam in the outfield because a log jam makes it sound like you have a lot of great options.
3: I say people. you have a lot of
0: people who play outfield for the <laughs> yeah. Cardinals on the roster. Yeah. That's what I would say. That's accurate. And so, if that is the case, then I understand it. Now, just for the purpose of playing devil's advocate with my own contention, the one thing on this move that gives me pause is he is 20 years old. You recognize he struggled in the second half of spring training, but liked the way he approached his struggles mentally. And so you rewarded that, even though he struggled, by saying that's one of the main reasons why he made the major league roster. Because he did struggle over the final couple weeks of spring training. Then he comes up and he's getting a bunch of hits. But think about it. It's it's real easy right now, actually. Nolan Gorman. Think about the ball flight on the, the ball, the bat, batted ball of Nolan Gorman right now. It is. It's. It's not. It's not Tony Gwynn, Wade Boggs. Hey, who's going to argue with Tony Gwynn, Wade Boggs? But that's kind of more what you're seeing from Jordan Walker. Gorman is hammering the ball, Absolutely. and there's some there's some flight to him. And what the Cardinals' contention is, and I know taking the side of the Cardinals at this particular moment is not popular, but I've got to call it how I see it. What the Cardinals' contention is, his value. Is not as a ground ball hitter. His value is a guy who can hit home runs and drive ball to the gap and hit balls off the wall. And he's not doing that right now. And we've got to get him back because I don't think they're going to say this, but because we're nine and 15 and this S is getting real, or nine and 16, excuse me. Why do I keep saying nine and 15? Nine and 16. Because they're nine and 16, you don't have the leeway. To allow a guy to get right, even if you got him hitting at the bottom of the lineup. Sure. You've got to start winning some baseball games. And you also don't have, you know, a stretch of the schedule here that's... I mean, if you can't beat a team that I think was 7-13 and 13 or something like that, or 8-13 and 13 when the Cardinals got to San Francisco, whatever it was. I mean, the Giants had been struggling. Mm-hmm. The Mariners were under five hundred. And now you go to Los Angeles, and I know the Los Angeles Dodgers are not doing what they've done for the most part in the regular season over the last decade or so, but still, the Dodgers at Chavez Ravine, that you take two or three there, whether they're good or bad, you feel good about the situation. Point being, this is rough. And then Shohei Otani is lined up to face the Cardinals starting in St. Louis. It'll be fun from a fan perspective to see him, but if you want to see him win, you're going up against a great offensive player and a hell of a pitcher, too then you might be able to exhale a week from Friday when the Tigers come to town. But either way, there are a number of games in between now and then. Furthermore, you have a rotation where I guess you feel good about, I mean, do you feel good about a Jordan Montgomery start? I'd say yes. Do you feel good about Jack Flaherty start? Yes. Yes, but I I feel like that, that one might be perhaps overvalued at the moment. And then Michaelis will see today. Yeah. You know, Michaelis is going up against Logan Webb today in the day game in San Francisco. And then you got Matt's, and that is what it is. And you got Woodford at the moment. If Wainwright's not back, and that is what it is. And who knows what Wainwright is. Right, so exactly. Yeah. It's you got offensive issues, you got outfield issues. Now you've got some defensive issues on a yeah, nightly basis. This one I didn't see coming. And that's not the way that it was at the start of the season. So it's coming at you from all different angles, and if that is the case, then you don't have the leeway to allow a guy to get right. The question then becomes, are you hurting his psychological development, which was such a key part of being an incredible athlete? It's not thought about, probably, but God, I mean, just go back to The Last Dance and Michael Jordan's approach. Uh, I don't know if you watched the Tiger Woods, uh, I don't know if it was a Netflix thing or an HBO. HBO, yeah. And the book that Armin Katayan wrote about him, there's so much about a mentality um, that comes into it. Albert Pujols would be a local example and obviously one of the all-time great examples. We talked about it before. If he got chastised, he would bounce back the next game and go absolutely bat crap. He misplayed and he was getting criticism for the way he handled the cutoff throw in Game 2 of the World Series. And I'm like, I can't wait to see what he does in Game 3. And then he goes out and he hits three home runs against the Rangers. There's just certain mental traits and it's very fragile when you're 20. And that to me, that part, it, not Walker comparing him to Newt Barr or Carlson or Burleson or O'Neal and what they're doing right now. It's the psychological development and the potential impact this can have on him to get the backing from the manager in the organization to make the team. In despite the fact that he had struggled in the final couple weeks of spring training, and then he does struggle, albeit not terribly, yeah. comparatively speaking, to the rest of the outfield, and then he gets sent down. That's the part that, that I keep my eye on. And I, and I and I have to say that even though I understand the move, that's the part that carry, that carries risk. This is not a zero risk maneuver. Ten forty four in St. Louis. Time check. Brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. Your thoughts are welcome on topics. Uh, you're welcome to leave. Mike drops uh, Jackson after 18 months has decided. Uh, he is lifting the censorship that he has had on this mic drop uh, problem that I've called, that I call it the great mic drop problem, uh, when I meet with management about Jackson censoring people. And I think it's finally gotten through that you've got to play the people's mic drops. It was a war of attrition, and I lost. And you gave up. Uh, so you can leave mic drops. You can also text in Air Comfort Service, text line three one four three nine 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 six four six. This is Bulletin Party Driven by Mungan S. St. Louis Acura and Toyota we are right back to
1: the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
0: Welcome back to Balloon Party. Oh, I just saw myself on the... Are we on YouTube now, Mike? Mike Ryder is in here, executive producer. I got to tell you something. If I were to rank myself, I think I'm a Ledoux 9. I would agree. Really?
2: Yeah, we'll do... Like if I walked into
0: Sportsman's Park to get a Larry Wilson burger. Right. Steak fries, if you please. People would go, Oh, old money.
2: Right. Yeah. That's, well, that's the first thing they would say. And they'd say, And then he's also will do nine. Yes. I knew it. Yeah. And then they'd, you know, comp the burger and steak
0: fries. Yeah. I tell you, now that I said that, it kind of puts me in a good place. So good. Thank you. Uh, welcome uh, to back to the program. It's called Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. It has been all Cardinal Talk, despite Jackson. Really force feeding uh, NBA playoff talk on us uh, in the Sports Center update yet again, and also with the Chris Budenholzer takes that are flying around. But for the most part today, people are focused on the Cardinals, Jordan Walker demotion, Cardinals losing games. Jackson, only two teams in the National League have fewer losses or fewer wins than the Cardinals. I should say fewer wins.
2: Oh boy! Now I'm trying to think of who they are. And
0: okay, well I didn't realize we were going to have a moment for trivia, but let's let's have some trivia. I'll go Marlins. Marlins. Okay, it seems like it's not the Marlins. Um, no, 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 no. I, I, ch- I checked that actually. Uh, one team now. Oh
2: goodness! It's not the Reds because they're beating the old. Are you just
0: going to name all the franchises? Well,
2: no. I know it's not even in the central, so it's west or east. The Phillies?
0: No, I'm sorry. The last team the Cardinals won a series against the Colorado Rockies. Ah, yeah. And even they are nipping at the Cardinals' heels as they are 8-18 eight and 18, while the Cardinals are 9-16. and 16. Uh, This show will not be recognizing the Oakland Athletics as a franchise, so therefore, uh, if they are ahead of the A's, You and only the A's. You will still be considered last because the A's have decided uh, they're going to pass on 2023. It seems like perhaps 2024, 2025, and 2026 as well.
2: Yeah, until they get to Vegas. Yeah, it seems like uh, the the A's have passed on. About a decade's trade, it feels like. Of, of they baseball. actually
0: have gone to the playoffs a decent amount. They just don't do much when they get there.
2: Yeah, it's a real shame, too, because they got beautiful uniforms.
0: Uh, Tim, a Ladu 9 is a Jeffco 14. Thanks. That's from the 636. Hmm. Well, it's a 1 to 10 scale, which might make the material even better now that I think about it. Uh, Marmol has to go. He has brainwashed with Jeff Albert's uh, ideas in his head. That is from the 5 Jeff Albert's group. still
2: getting blamed for the Cardinals? He is. That's unbelievable.
0: <laughs> Lingering ideas. I'm down on Hub Kittle's ideas from the 1982 staff. Uh, let's see what we got. Time clock, Timmy, on time.
2: Yeah. Is just, yeah. Is, this is a, a sizzle reel show for you. Yeah.
0: This is the one. Yeah. This yeah. is the one that might get me to drive time.
2: <laughs> if you're lucky. Hey, yeah. Uh,
0: Tommy, I don't know if you happened to catch the, uh, the one hour I did on uh, April 27th, but... Uh, I
2: was only a minute late for each break. <laughs> was only a
0: minute late for each break as opposed to having a... 30-second final segment because of the debacle for the first 59 minutes. Uh, Tim, how do we go from Tyler O'Neal in center field uh, and Newt in left field to now flip-flop it, putting the worst athlete of the group in right field? Isn't the best defense Tyler O'Neill left, Carlson center, and Newt in right field? Last year, the reason they didn't trade Carlson was because uh, Gould slash the Cardinals claim they didn't have any center fielders yet. And now, Newt Barr and Tyler O'Neill play center field now. Uh, oh, that comes from TMA, friend of the show, and former Blues backup goaltender, or emergency backup goaltender, e-bug to you, uh, Daddy Padre. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- th- here's the thing. Oftentimes, people send things into the shows I host, and I go, oh, I understand what you're asking. Here's the reason why that's not correct. And I try not to do it in a condescending manner, but my nature, my genetic programming is to be condescending. In this particular case, I don't have the answer. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I re- I didn't know what was going on during the offseason. Yep. And I don't know what's going on with the lineup anymore. I don't know. I'm not anti-Alec Burleson, to make that clear. Probably a wonderful gentleman. Um. It's, so none of it's personal. I'm just based on track record slash performance to date, I don't understand how he has become a permanent fixture in the lineup right. and maybe he'll go off and become the 2023 MVP and we'll play audio of these clips and, and what we'll do is we'll have a we'll have a jolly laugh together I sure as hope we that's mock the case. Me. yeah look it's Alec Burleson, and Tim used to make fun of him being in the lineup all the time and now he's the most valuable player how fun ah great. yes we shall laugh together
2: I'd love that it's just like it's musical chairs right now out in the outfield you know you never know not only who's playing, but what position they're going to play, and I just I imagine from a ball player's perspective that gets kind of frustrating when you were playing center last night and now you're in right and now you're on the bench and you're DHing. It's like, if it's like maybe a week of the same outfield, and if you you don't like that, then you switch it up after that week.
0: And that's where it gets to. I just would have liked to have seen, but I think they did do this. That's the thing with it. Is saying to Jordan Walker if he was in his own head, and I don't know. Hey, it's your job. Right, you got it. Don't worry about it. If indeed, but, but, I mean, he was playing all the time. I mean, he really was playing all the yeah. time. It was only until recently that he wasn't. But I would like to see that with O'Neal, Carlson, and, and Newt Bar. That's what I would like to see. And I I look at the lineup every day, but this is something that goes back well before Ali Marmol. This is this is a Tony Larusa criticism. Oh, I don't know who's going to be in the lineup every day. Mm-hmm. I just think it's one thing if you're not going to get to play and you're Nolan Arnato or you're Paul Goldschmidt. It's another thing if you're still trying to prove yourself and then you're like, man, am I not in because of that at bat in the right, second inning? Right, right. That's the kind of thing that I that I wonder about. Uh, nothing personal. This is from Lisa. and You consider her a, a gem. The gem. Nothing personal. Nothing, I have a weak pitching. Staff, at least help them with good defense. Losa Carlson is your best defense defender, and one is hitting. I am a fan of Lisa's, but I don't know what happened on that text.
2: Yeah, yeah that one got broken up a little bit.
0: It got it got it got away from her. It might have been a, do you call it speak to text or talk to text? I say talk to text. I like it. You know, I know alliteration. Watch this. Talk to text. Watch this. T T R T. Watch this, defense talkies. Defense. There's a pattern. Talkies, you
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, I prefer talk to text, yeah. but yeah. I don't do it.
0: Tim, you're spot on. I don't even know what the hell I said that was spot on, but I appreciate I just it. Just in general. Uh, Lisa just wrote back. No one is hitting, and you know what? That was concise. Perfect. She corrected it, and I couldn't agree more. Perfect. uh Nolan Gorman certainly hitting. Paul Goldschmidt looks like he may have been in the process of riding the ship. He had the double the other night and two home runs last night so perhaps that can get going the one that's a little eye-opening is arenado right that's why i'm just going there's no way that the end of the year will go yeah they had another set of 25 games where they went 8 and 17 right. or 7 yeah. and 18 or 6 and 19 or 5 and 10 or 4 and or no 5 and 20 or 4 and 21 or oh, for 25. <laughs> over oh, for 25.
2: that would be very eye-opening
0: Tim, Modder sucks. Thanks. 314. Well, I, I think Modder was brought up more because they wanted to put or brought back uh more because they just want to play Yepes and Walker in yeah, Memphis. That makes sense. That so makes you're understanding sense. that cuz that was one of your big things.
2: Well, yeah, and I and the more you cuz again, like just having a guy sit on the bench does no good for both the player and the team. So if you're going to have someone sit on the bench, you don't want it to be a young player, Modder who I think's 30 30 or 32 mm-hmm. up at there. It's much more understandable to put him on the bench and have him play every once in a while as opposed to Yepes
0: or walker i still don't like the move but i understand uh all right bk and ferrario will be all over it coming up here from 11 to 2 then you have the fast lane from 2 p.m to 6 p.m cardinals with a day game today miles michaelis logan webb as the cardinals try to avoid getting swept uh, they'll be doing this yet again they had to do it against the diamondbacks last week The Mariners in Seattle this past Sunday, in both cases, they were able to do it. Let's see if they can do it today with Michaelis on the mound. Then they head to Los Angeles to take on the Dodgers. And then they will fly back to St. Louis to take on the Los Angeles Angels. And they will see Shohei Otani. He is pitching today, which means he will be on track to pitch in St. Louis. So Cardinal fans will get a chance to see him next week. Pitching yeah. and hitting. Oof. I got to tell you, I'm looking for that. Might I have my too. son to that. You know what I mean. I that's a great that's call. That. Let him see Mike Trout. Let him see Shohei. No uh, All right, W. K. Ferrari are coming up next for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Mung and S. St. Louis Acura and alton Toyota on 101 ESPN.
1: You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.